Welcome to our podcast, We Got the Nod. A new and bold internet radio show designed for those who are on a conscious path of awakening. We are here to uplift and inspire you, to share practical tools and techniques to assist you stepping into your highest expression as spirit having a human experience. We will get raw and real, sharing kundalini yoga, music, poetry, and mantra, and so much more. Let us open our hearts and minds to our true potential, making the impossible possible, the surreal real. Let's begin. Satnam, Sarilam, coming to you from beautiful Lake Atitlan in Guatemala. Today I want to speak about the Walk Away campaign. Mine. I'll start with the post that I made recently on social media. This is how it reads. I have lost count of the friends who slandered and or abandoned me when I came out in support of President Donald Trump. Perhaps you too have been affected by Trump derangement syndrome, TDS for short, directly or indirectly. I have witnessed this incredible phenomenon from both sides. Having first rejected the president as a misogynistic, egotistical, blah, 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 yes, allowing my viewpoint to be warped by late-night talk show hacks, all of them spewing out the same vitriol. And then came the Democratic primaries, 2019. What a shit show. Satkirtan and I watched as creepy Joe Biden made a mockery of the Democratic process, winning the nomination despite senile outbursts on the stage and chronic lying. And incredulously, his opponents all bowed down to this ghastly excuse for a leader. Without putting up much fight, if any. And the crowning touch still to come. When Kamala accepted the invitation to be his running mate after she had previously accused Creepy Joe on the stage of being a racist as well as supporting a woman's statement about his molestation some years ago. Yes, Kamala had accused her running mate, Joe Biden, as a racist and a rapist and still accepted his invitation to be his running mate for the 2020 presidential nomination. Utterly pathetic, in my view. Still, there was more convincing to be done before I could even allow myself to hear Donald Trump speak without mainstream media spin. Wow. What an awakening. When I was finally ready to hear the president speak, an entire speech, 
and then an interview, especially the one I heard where his own son, Don Jr., interviewed his father. I saw and heard a man of integrity, wisdom, and passion, and not to mention his ribald sense of humor. He's really the first politician in memory who has made me laugh. Gut laughter, out loud, laughing out loud, laughter. He's funny. I witnessed a president like no other. Yes, Donald Trump had renewed my faith in politics. Why? The answer is simple. He's not a politician. Never was. He's only run for office once, the highest office, and he won against all the odds. He came to Washington, D.C. with a simple message. The message was, and still is, drain the swamp. And he has kept his word. Despite constant harassment from the radical left and their main propaganda arm, fake news media, yes, fake news has become standard parlance now, thanks to Donald Trump, I have empathy for those who judged me and continue to judge me, still happens, and those who slandered my character. I can forgive all of them because... I was once vehemently opposed to the POTUS and all who supported him. Yes, I bought into the mainstream media profiling, believing all Trump supporters were rednecks, white supremacists and the like. I was a fool. Yes, it takes humility to admit that I was a fool. I should have known better. Middle America is the heartland. And I've met many kind souls on my travels through the Midwest and the South, Louisiana, and so on. Embracing Donald Trump's message and the walkaway movement has proven to be one of the most profound awakenings in my entire life. I have no regrets. I hope that those who judge me for my choices can someday find their way back to love and acceptance, knowing that we are one humanity, one soul, divine children of God. Yes, let's save the children. Let's uplift the children now. Let us usher in a new era of togetherness, mutual support, and ingenuity. We've got what it takes. The future looks bright, and the best is yet to come. Satnam. I will go back over some of the points raised in this <clears throat> message that I wrote today. Uh, and also, I want to share the inspiration for this post. It comes from a man named Martin Geddes, 
G-E-D-D-E-S, who posted this short message on Twitter. Perhaps we'll get him on We Got the Nod. I'd love to interview people like Martin Geddes. He said this, Many will soon discover that they have ended decades-long friendships in order to defend rapists and traitors. It is going to be agony for them. They cannot be shielded from the consequences of their foolish choices. Let their stories of regret be a legacy to humanity's future. I repeat that last line. Let their stories of regret be a legacy to humanity's future. Put another way, let us not forget, let us not make the same mistake again. So I raised quite a few points in this post, so I want to address some of those. And as always, we invite your feedback. Perhaps you are suffering from <laughs> Trump derangement syndrome, TDS for short, uh, as I once did, as many of us have, some still. Perhaps the very mention of his name triggers you in a, in a negative way. It did for me for over three years. I used to call him, I referred to the president as the occupant for some time and made fun of him mercilessly on social media, in discussion with friends. Most of my friends at the time were also anti-Trump. I grew up in a liberal community. Not everyone in my family, certainly some were more liberal in their outlook and thus opposed to Republican conservative <clears throat> norms. Uh, and in some ways for good reason, at least for me at the time growing up, I saw a lot of corruption coming from the radical right. You know, people like George Bush Sr., and then of course Jr. later, the Reagan administration, etc. And yet, later on, of course, I, I saw that the so-called left, people like Bill Clinton and Hillary, turned out to be not as pure and democratic as we first hoped. People like Obama as well, promising change. Did they bring any change? No, not really. So I'm speaking from experience of being on both sides, as I mentioned in the post. Thus, I feel like I have certain wisdom having come across, having walked away. I'll, I'll come back to that walkaway movement in a moment. I feel like I have some expertise and some wisdom to share. Not to force anyone, not to force my beliefs on anyone, but to, to share perhaps an alternative viewpoint. Because one thing has become very clear to me in these discussions around Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Democrats, Republicans, and the like. People are very much divided. There's a polarization. It's hard for most people to to embrace the other side of this polarization, even to hear, <laughs> you 
know, as I described, to hear someone from the other side, in my case before, Donald Trump, to hear him speak, I wouldn't allow that. Only on these little sound bites from various media. And for me, it was mainly late-night talk show hosts, all of whom I basically detest now. I don't think they're funny at all. I don't know how I even found them funny before. <laughs> it's interesting. You know, people like Seth Meyers and uh, Jimmy Kimmel and Colbert, all of them. In retrospect, now I see them all as spineless corporate tools. Not fun And they're writers. Not funny. In fact, boring and simple-minded. Is it possible? Is it possible to have a mature conversation about politics? They say that the two subjects that are most triggering and thus most difficult to discuss are religion and politics. And it's interesting because this current election, uh, the election date happened to be yesterday, I'm recording this on November the 4th, actually the 5th, two days ago. <laughs> it's still going on. They haven't announced a winner, and it might not happen for weeks or even months because there's a lot of litigation happening, uh, a lot of fraud. And I predicted this. My prediction months ago was that the only way the Democrats led by sleepy Joe Biden, the only way they could win this election is by fraud. It was obvious to me. Trump's support is overwhelming. Grassroots. He's a man of the people. I know it's hard for some of you perhaps to hear this. And in my view, my humble view, it's absolutely true. Look at all the rallies. And not just his rallies that he did uh, leading up to the election, which brought thousands and thousands of people, even in bitter cold in Michigan and Wisconsin. And I'm also speaking of spontaneous rallies, car rallies, boat rallies, all over the United States. Thousands of automobiles, boats, all waving American flags and Trump flags. It's, I've never witnessed anything like this in my entire life. <laughs> almost six full decades on the planet. I have never witnessed anything like this. The love, the love for this man. You can feel it if you, if you, watched, if you watched any of the rallies that he did leading, leading up to the election. The love was off the charts. People literally chanting, we love you, we love you. And, he, and Trump having to stop sometimes just to to take it in and to say, I love you back. This has never happened before. And yet, this, this bridge, this divide that happens with Trump haters. So I feel like if, if people... Trump is, is that type of person, like a lot of spiritual leaders, that one either hates or loves. There's no in-between. Yeah, anybody tells me they're neutral about Trump, I start laughing usually because... It's impossible, isn't it? It's all or nothing with Trump. I know, because I was on the other side, opposed. And not for really, you know, logical reasons, right? It's because that's the power of media. Mind control. They got me. They got me. And I've gone 
all the way to the other the other extreme because Trump's taking on the media. He he was saying all along, but I was not paying attention really, ignoring his cries every day. Fake media, fake news. His attempt to wake up myself and everyone else to this fact. The media is all about mind control. It's all about negative spin. The They say that between 93 and 95 percent of U.S. media stories about Trump in the last four years have been negative. Up to 95 percent. How insane is that? Right? The good news is I have been able to have some mature conversations with friends uh, who are opposed to Trump. Usually those are the friends who also share the same feeling as I do about Biden and the radical left. They see normally these people who we can have some agreement with together uh, are opposed to both parties, the whole system. And I used to be one of them. That was me. I wasn't really a, a Democrat, a liberal per se. I saw the whole system as corrupt. Growing up in Canada it was very much the same with the conservative and liberal parties in Canada being the two major parties. <clears throat> so I get it. I understand. And this, this is where we can often find some middle ground. If, if the person I'm having this discussion with is anti-Trump and anti-Biden, right? So at least we meet halfway there, right? However, if they are vehemently opposed to Trump, as I once was, it's very difficult to have a mature and harmonious, even mildly harmonious conversation. It usually ends up in slander, as I mentioned in this post, and often even offensive words. Sometimes, of course, the offensive words often are mainstream media spin about Trump, horrible accusations, all of which can be proven false, really. Which is fascinating because there's more and more evidence coming out about Sleepy Joe Biden's misdemeanors. Treasonous, even, activities. When he was vice president under Obama, <clears throat> and over 47 years, pandering and secret deals with foreign entities in China and the Ukraine, etc. But I, I digress. I'm not going to go into that right now. So I mentioned the Democratic primaries. This was the beginning of the turning point for myself, also for my partner, Satkirtan. We were, at the time, supporting Marianne Williamson and then Tulsi Gabbard and even, to some extent, Bernie Sanders. He had some good talking points, especially, again, for someone coming from that left-leaning liberal background like myself. Medicare for all. In theory, it's, it seems great. Growing up in Canada, we, I always had that, so I thought it was pretty cool, right? <laughs> um, it's far from perfect. And this is coming from someone who lived almost all my life with uh, free Medicare. It's far from perfect. 
Trust me on that. But those primaries quickly showed us how corrupt the Democratic Party is. I, I was literally watching the debates and my jaw dropping towards the floor every time Joe Biden spoke. I was in shock. Like This man could even be on that stage, let alone be the leading candidate. <laughs> the polls were always showing him ahead of everybody else. And I was dumbfounded. This man was obviously not in all of his faculties, often bumbling his words as if he had pre-prepared those talking points and trying to, you know, to regurgitate lines that he'd been prepared to read, always making, just hashing the words. And more than that, his demeanor, his gestures, his, his creepy smile, so I call him Creepy Joe. I could not believe that he was leading candidate. And, and then Bernie, for a moment, for a short moment, seemed to be gaining in popularity. And then that was quickly squashed in the primaries when they actually came to voting. And everyone just bowed out so gracefully and offering their support, almost every candidate except for Marianne Williamson, pledging their support to Biden after attacking him for all kinds of things, which he deserved, including Bernie, calling him a liar in the debate to his face. You know, it just opened my eyes to the corruption of that party, that he could become the nominee for the presidential race. And how ironic that Kamala, perhaps the most liberal, far left of all the candidates, accepted Biden's invitation to be his running mate after she had, in front of the entire United States populace, accused him of being a racist on primetime television. And also around the same time, saying that she supported the claims of that young assistant, Senate assistant, who had claimed that he molested her some years back. If you look at any of the images and videos from his time as vice president, groping young girls, of, of teenage, even pre-adolescent girls and boys, it's, it's quite disgusting, period, right? It's not, it's, it is disgusting his demeanor and creepiness, it's off the chart. I, I can't believe that he is actually that close to becoming the next president of the United States. It can't happen. It won't happen. I pray for Donald Trump to be reelected, if for no other reason, just to keep that creepy, lying, bastard out of the White House. He did eight years there with Obama. That's enough. It's enough. WGTN Guatemala Today's podcast is brought to you by the School of Nod, International School of Kundalini Yoga, 
nod yoga, psychodrama, and more. Founded by the dynamic soulmate duo Hariram and Satkirtan, the School of Nod offers unique and transformative online programs. Satkirtan and Hariram have between them 30 years experience leading classes, workshops, kirtan, and retreats. For more information, go to www.schoolofnod.com. And now, back to the podcast. WGTN Guatemala. And as I said in the post, even after this debacle, which was the Democratic primary, there was still more convincing to be done. I was not ready to, to hear, not ready yet to hear Donald Trump speak without hearing it spun by the mainstream media and alternative media, which are also controlled by the radical left. I'm talking about National Public Radio, Vice, uh, HuffPost, all of these are all part of that propaganda arm. So what an awakening when I finally was ready to hear the president speak uninterrupted, without any bias journalist spinning it, just to hear him speak, an entire speech. I was blown away, almost right from the get-go. Um, and I'll remember, I think perhaps the first interview, one of the first interviews, certainly, that I heard with Trump was his son, his lovely son, Donald Jr., who I didn't know anything about either, up until this time, interviewing his father. My heart just almost broke open. I felt so much love for these two men. I could, it was tangible, the love between the father and son. You can't fake that. You could try to fake it, but you cannot fake that with me, okay? <laughs> I have some experience with this. I've been teaching Kundalini Yoga for close to three decades, and also practicing as a shiatsu therapist and counselor. I feel like I have some expertise on the NAD. This is, of course, this program is called We Got the NAD. NAD meaning, again, vibration, sound current. I listen to the timbre in the person's voice. I'm watching for gestures, you know, the subtle ways that people communicate, ways that people cannot lie, like the hands their eyes, and the tone of the voice, the timbre. And when I listened to that interview and watched that interview with President Trump and his son, Donald Jr., I was, my heart just, again, broke open. I felt such empathy and, and truth in their conversation. It was funny, too. They were making me laugh. Laughter. Now tell me this. If you're still a Biden supporter listening, hopefully you're still listening. <laughs> Tell me, answer this. Has Joseph Biden ever said a single word that made you laugh? Now be honest. Because for me, the, the, the answer is resounding no. He is not funny. In fact, when he smiles, when he does that, that Joker smile, I feel re revulsion. He makes me feel nauseous when he smiles. Those beady eyes. I mean, everything about him not funny, not in the least. When I heard Trump speak finally, when I was able to 
allow him into my sphere, I saw and I heard a man of integrity, wisdom, passion, humor. I've never experienced this before with any politician. And for good reason, he's not a politician. He'll say it himself. He's not. He never ran for political office before running for president of the United States. So he's batting a thousand. <laughs> um, and hopefully he'll continue because he, he, he must be reelected. It has to happen. He came to Washington, D.C. because of the corruption, for that very reason, to, to clean out the swamp. He came with a profound mission, right? Um, a lot of people, I mean, the backstory is too much to say right now. Suffice to say that this was in the works for a while. He knew, he knew that there, the time would come. And after witnessing the debacle, which was the eight-year Obama-Biden administration with, of course, crooked Hillary, as Trump calls her, in the role of Secretary of State, he couldn't, he could not not run. Because they left the, the nation in a total shambles, including the foreign policy, the horrible wars in the Middle East, Libya, Syria, etc. And foreign trade. This was the real deal breaker for Trump. It's foreign trade in China. He's kept his word. He's also the first quote unquote politician, because he's not a politician, he's kept his word. He made many promises. He's kept them all. All of them. Except for perhaps putting Hillary Clinton behind bars. That we're we're <laughs> we're anticipating that glorious day coming among others. Anyway, I could go on. I do have empathy for those who have judged me for embracing this movement led by Donald Trump and for those who might judge me now. Perhaps you're judging me now if you're listening to this podcast. I have empathy for those who have slandered my character I can forgive all of them, as I wrote earlier today, because I was once vehemently opposed to the president and all who supported him. It's interesting, isn't it, this cancel culture, the BLM and Antifa, polarizing, yes. I want to speak about this polarization because for me it's not about Republican versus Democrat. It's not about conservative versus liberal even. This is about... God. In many ways, I see this as the divine epic battle between God and atheism. We could even say, go as far as to say God versus Satanism. Because when we look at the, the radical left, especially when we look at their connections with Hollywood, it does look satanic, right? Some of these performers, big-name performers that have endorsed Biden. Yes, I'm speaking about people like Madonna, Lady Gaga. This <laughs> is a perfect name because she, she makes me gag. When, when I look at some of those videos, I, I can only look for a few seconds. They're so disgusting, I want to gag. I want to throw up. 
uh, Cardi B was actually <laughs> featured in the Democratic convention. Oh my God. <laughs> they have Cardi B. The Trump team has Candace Owens. Who do you prefer? Who would you prefer to be on your side? Cardi B or Candace Owens? I like Candace Owens, okay? Call me crazy. <laughs> I see this as the epic struggle between good and evil, between light and the dark. Remember, Joe Biden promised a dark winter, one of his last statements leading up to the election. A dark winter. When Trump heard that, he was... <laughs> what? <laughs> no, no, we're, we're not... This is not the way. Trump is <laughs> positive, and, and for all the right reasons. He's a leader. Do you want a leader that's promising darkness, lockdowns, more death, decay? Or would you like a leader? He might be a little pompous at times arrogant even still would you i would prefer a leader who speaks of the glory and making america great reclaiming our dignity our pride and the freedom less regulations what makes america so special and you know destination for people all over the world is just that the freedom to create be an entrepreneur, free of all these restrictions that we see in Canada and so many other parts of the world, where a person can come and, and really make a life for themselves. These are the key elements that Donald Trump is fighting for. With all of his guile and strength and passion, he is unabashedly pro-life, unabashedly pro-God, Christian. And I love that about him. I did walk away from the radical left. The walkaway movement, check it out, uh, hashtag walkaway, came to us at a perfect moment. We joined it, it's now half a million strong. I've made a few posts, I made a video that's on the walkaway, now on the walkaway YouTube channel. They liked it so much, the response was so good. It's about a nine minute video, sharing some similar themes that I'm sharing here. We'll put the link on this podcast or with this podcast so you can check that out. There are many like me, like Seth Kirtan, who have walked away from the Democrat side, the liberal side. Many yoga practitioners, teachers, many who you would not normally associate with Republican Party, um, conservative party. Here we are. And I've felt nothing but love and acceptance. Nobody has judged me for being anti-Trump. <laughs> no, all I feel is this love and acceptance. Like, welcome, welcome to the light. And that's what it feels like. I feel like I did walk away from the dark side in many ways. I feel as if I've embraced the light now more than ever. And I feel it. I feel so much love, as Donald Trump attests from his rallies. People ask him, how do you do it? How can you do three, four, even five rallies in a single day? Having to travel from different cities and braving different climates and temperatures. 
And his answer is simple. It's the love. It's the love that he feels in the movement. It's tangible. Love, for me, is another word for the nod, the sound current, the vibration. What is it? It's love. It is the love that sustains us. And when we find our true passion, our true calling, the nod flows. The love is there. It supports us. This is why you can probably feel it in my voice right now. I feel passionate about this subject. It uplifts me just speaking about it. And especially when I have any audience, people who are open to receive what I'm sharing. I know what Donald Trump is talking about. It's a beautiful give and receive exchange. I couldn't be more pleased. And I still smile and laugh at myself because there is a conservative undercurrent with the, the Trump movement. A lot of his supporters are Middle America, the South, Southwest as well, Texas. Conservative values are strong in these states. And I always considered myself more liberal, more radical. And perhaps it has to do with me coming of age. I'm now a young elder in my late 50s now. Perhaps that has something to do with it. <laughs> because I am embracing more conservative values. I have more respect now for pro-life movement. I get it. Especially when we're speaking about late-term abortions. For me, this is wrong. Infanticide now is legal in some states. This has to end. It's wrong. If you're a woman, you might be upset to hear this. I'm not totally opposed to abortion. Late-term abortion, I, I have a very strong aversion to that, especially, and, and the infanticide, absolutely wrong, in my view. And if you don't agree with me, let's agree to disagree. Perhaps we can still continue this conversation without shutting each other out, having to block each other on social media, you know, this kind of thing. And this is the problem, again, we come back to the media. Maybe I'll finish with this, because the fake news media is also in bed with the social media, big tech. Yeah, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Google. They are having to appear in the Senate more and more often because of antitrust violations. Things have to change. Those social media giants were first set up under a specific clause and it's called Section 230, which allows them this open platform based on the assumption that they're going to facilitate open discussion, neutrality, you know, without censorship and without trying to, to control and manipulate public discourse and public groupthink and, and so on. They're not doing this. They, they have left that neutral standpoint a long time ago, actually, and it's getting worse. So many of us now, for this reason, say that we are the new media. If those media aren't able and willing to return and cultivate neutrality, then we have to leave. We have to find a new frontier, a new platform where we can have open discussion, where we can share different viewpoints without censorship without character assassinations, 
and you know, groupthink and cancel culture and all of this nonsense. This is a new era. We are ushering in a new era of love, community. We are strengthened by through our diversity. We're not weakened by it. It is strengthening. When we allow for open discussion, discourse, it can only help to expand and nurture the community. Conversely, when, when we limit viewpoints and discriminate and you know cut people down <clears throat> for their viewpoints, this cannot nurture nor expand and facilitate growth in a community. No, this, this is called fascism, plain and simple. And this is why I have embraced Donald Trump and the movement that he spearheading and I'm as always open to your feedback I forgive all those who have slandered me slandered my character saying things like how can you be a yogi and support Donald Trump <laughs> things like that <laughs> or sometimes it's even more simple how can you be a yogi and take a voice an interest in politics my response to those friends is, how is it wrong or unacceptable for a yogi to have an interest in freedom and democracy? How can that be wrong or unacceptable? Please illuminate me. So thank you for listening. Sat Nam, blessed be, Waheguru, Waheguru Ji Ka Khalsa, Waheguru Ji Ki Fateh. We thank you for tuning in. Please make sure to subscribe so as not to miss a single episode. We depend on you, our listeners, to build and expand our audience, to share the nod. So, if you like what you hear, please do not hesitate to share with your friends, family, and community. Sat Nam!